take whatever is said and taught, whether it's from me or someone else, and have a conversation with that uh, and someone else. And so uh, that's what we are doing here tonight. Also want to let you know that if you have any questions, any things that are on your mind that you would like to bring up, a question that you would like to ask, uh, you can type it in on the chat and we will get to it. We'll read it. We'll see it and be able to respond to it or try to. And so hopefully we can extend our conversation between just uh, Randy, myself, and with you who are watching and listening. Again, thank you all of you who do tune in. Uh, I want to remind you to subscribe to the channel. Whenever I hear that, I think of my grandson and all these channels that he watches. <laughs> and he, they always say, subscribe, subscribe. Um, so hopefully you guys can uh, subscribe to this and then get notifications when we do come on live. Uh, that we are doing so and joining on the conversation. Uh, last Sunday, I continued kind of really our desire series, but this is part of what we've been looking at kind of on a, a wheel of transformation where we've talked about detecting things that God is doing in our lives that we named as Kairos moments. And we did a couple of talks on detecting that and now we're really going into digging more into what that is. And so this one was called Repent and Believe. And I started off with a passage in Mark where Jesus says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, that was really the diving board for this whole talk was the idea of what does it mean to repent and believe? So many times in the past, I have taken that and put it on its own and not connected to the kingdom of God is at hand. And so what I wanted to do Sunday is help us to see that repenting and believing is connected to that idea that the kingdom of God is near. Mm -hmm. And it's a recalibration to see our lives in that frame of mind. Can you, uh, be, I, can you tell me the scripture reference again? Mark. Yeah, Mark 1.15. And so probably the earliest known recorded preaching of the gospel mm -hmm. ever, right? Yeah. Mark. Um, so, I, I mean, I just find that fascinating in and mm. of itself. Like, this is the first time that that... That this, comes out, yeah. Yeah, and this, is, and this is what Jesus, he focused on. Yeah, and, and I think it's really the, the first things he says, you know, in this gospel in the first chapter is mm -hmm. this is what he leads into. Repent and believe. Why? Because the kingdom of God's near. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so we... Uh, we miss we miss the bigness of that i think mm. if we if we don't uh, i mean I, I think first of all that's that's you know quintessential and and so important but if we if we make you know repenting and believing about something smaller mm. we miss the bigness of what jesus was saying there. and i think yeah. that's kind of you know over the years yeah, now that's a, such an interesting way to put it because 
we, I think, make it smaller, but we think it's bigger. Yeah. Right? And so if, like with me, and, and you know, I don't want to speak for everyone who might watch this, but from my past, the idea of repent is you're doing something wrong, so you need to change your direction and do something right. And what you need to believe is believe in Jesus, right? Uh, believe that Jesus died for your sins, those things. And so repent is stop the bad things you're doing, believe in Jesus, and be saved, hmm. right? And you would think that, oh, that's a bigger thing, but really it's a smaller thing. It, yeah. You know, it's smaller than what Jesus is is actually saying. Well, let me throw this back into your court kind of, how is it smaller? Or what, maybe better, why is this bigger than that way of yeah. thinking? Well, first of all, it's like you said, it's kind of a one-time thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, or maybe it happens a lot of times where, like, when you, uh, as a young man, to me, repent just mean it just meant uh, to feel bad. Mm. That's what I. That's how I thought of it. Like, oh, I I messed up. I should feel bad, and you know, and I need to apologize to God in my prayer, mm-hmm. and I think He'll forgive me. Yeah. And then, you know, the believing thing was just kind of, you know, ambiguous. Yeah. Believe in God. Yeah. Believe yeah. in Jesus. And yeah. I operated like that for a long time. In fact, I operated like that for so long that even, um, you know, as in my adult years, this is still kind of the, the recurring theme. Yeah. Where re- repentance still just meant, even though I learned that it meant, to, you know, the 180 like, yeah, a shift. A shift in, yeah. in, in your behavior or whatever, uh, which is what you talked about, the, mor- the moralizing, mm-hmm. uh, and just another moralizing aspect of, of the way we believe, which is something I think is very uh, interesting and not often talked about. Hmm. So maybe we talk about that tonight. Yeah, no, that is. I mean, because I just touched on kind of three other areas where that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think that, you know, again... Uh, I I knew that it meant more than feeling bad, but that still was the overwhelming thing that I thought of uh, when I when I thought of repentance. And um, I mean that that does something to you because it makes you feel like God's mad all the time mm-hmm. and you're messing up all the time. Yeah, and it do, it makes you feel farther from God rather than embracing, which is what Jesus was really saying. Yeah. embracing what God is doing in you and yeah. with you and through you and around you. Yeah, that God is leaning into your life, and you need to see it. Yeah, You need to recalibrate how things are going and see that God is leaning into you, he's close, and you need to believe that, right? Have, have that kind of awareness. Um, you know, I, I touched on the different ways that that repentance gets, I think, misconstrued in that where a lot of times it's just like, okay, I just really need to feel bad, kind of like you mentioned. And if I, I feel bad enough, then I will be okay, right? Yeah. And I kind of talked about that as I, I'm actually following my sin, right? I'm following, this is what I did. I, I'm really, I'm kind of condemning myself in those things, yeah. and I'm just hoping God will have mercy on me because he sees how sorry I am. Um, I remember when my kids were little, my son Daniel did something. I have no idea what it was. He did something to his sister, and she was still mad at him. And he goes, don't be mad at me. I said my sorries, right? I, I said I was sorry, so you got to be okay with it, right? Because that's all I can do is be sorry. Um, and sometimes I think that that idea of 
you know, repentance is, oh, I'm, I just got to really be sorry. And if I'm sorry enough, then God will be okay with the fact he'll that... Have, he'll eventually have mercy. Yeah, it's because... like, if you are sorry enough. Yeah, yeah. And even that prayer, if you say this and mean it with your heart, mm-hmm. right? Because if you say it and you don't mean it with your heart, it doesn't do anything. It's like, <laughs> I remember, gosh, I just came to mind. I remember picking up a guy who was... I don't know if he was homeless, but he was a drug addict. And I remember talking to him and him having gone to our church and gone forward and said the sinner's prayer and but still struggling with drugs and, you know, his life. And I remember saying, you know, what you have to do is really just, you know, confess to God. And he goes, I did that. And then I was kind of at a loss. And so I just said, well, you got to really mean it, you know? <laughs> and that was the only thing I could come up with to to combat the fact that, well, I did that thing, but apparently it wasn't enough for what you're saying yeah. needs to happen. And I didn't have any other tools to see what could be done. So it was all just a matter of, well, you got to feel really bad because if you feel bad enough, then maybe you'll stop doing it and God will see that and help yeah. you. It's in, I had the same conversation with a homeless guy hmm. before. Maybe it was the same guy. <laughs> but he said the same. He said to me. He I mean, was I just, using us. <laughs> I remember that, how powerful it was because he said, uh, it's actually like brings tears to my eyes. He said, my sister became a Christian and her whole life changed. Hmm. He said, I said the prayer and it got worse. Hmm. My life got worse. And I was, and I was like, well, you know, like kind of at a loss. Like yeah. he said, I said that I repented and I, you know, I said that, and I was like, well, you know, and, and now, you know, there's part of me that, you know, everyone feels differently about this, but like, there's part of me that thinks this is doing more damage than good teaching people that this is how you become in a relationship with God is through this one prayer because yeah. that didn't work for this guy. Yeah. He, he needed to know that God was still with him. And it doesn't work for a lot of people. It and, you doesn't. Know, and, and it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. It doesn't mean that people don't. I remember talking to one person who got saved by someone preaching on a street corner. Right? It's like, okay, that can happen, but um, it doesn't happen for everyone. And what do you say to these people who are in these other situations? Because it was similar with this person. This person was a friend of Colleen's. And Colleen had a... a transformative you know change in her life but but he didn't and you know it's not an easy answer it's not just like well because he didn't mean it you know it's not that simple it could be a lot of things playing into that and that's where the whole idea of grace comes into play where it's not just oh god forgives you it's god journeys with you in, in your life and helps you along in those things and if we saw grace that way then we would see that we have to do that sometimes too, right? If I'm going to have to show grace to someone, it doesn't mean I just say, okay, you're forgiven. It means I have to kind of walk with you mm. through the hardship of your life. Um, and so it does do a lot of damage, I think, in making things too simplistic mm. for our life. I mean, and the other way is, well, you just got to do better. You know, you just, it, you, if, you really, if you really mean it, then you'll stop. You know, and it's kind of more willpower, you know, and you just have to and, you know, you battle with this because there's a part of that that's true. There's a part of your will and your freedom to choose that is a powerful 
aspect of our lives and our lives direction. Um, but that's where it becomes moralizing. Yeah. You know, that's the hamster wheel. Yeah. You're going to fight and fix. Yeah. You'll feel guilty. Try harder, get tired. You quit. Yeah. 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 You just kind of, Oh man. Okay. I've done it because there's only so much you can do. And there's always the need for grace. There's always the need for, again, seeing yourself in, a, in the true light. Because, again, this is connecting us, repenting to believe the reality that God is in. Right? I mean, if, if that's what's happening, then that can happen anytime, anywhere, and I can be in any condition. I don't have to be just trying harder. Now I can really repent. It's like, no, I just need to see reality. And then there's a lot of things that happen after that. Um, but, I mean, let me ask you that idea of moralizing. What came to your mind just as that was brought up? I mean, was there a certain thought of it that came in? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thought. It's probably a little bit goofy, but I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> Um, I remember reading an article about, and I don't remember their names. Some some people know. I didn't grow up with Veggie Tales. I was after my time, but my sons watched them. Um, but the but one of the authors um, much later um, uh, wrote an article or did an interview or something like that, probably in like Christianity Today or some or Relevant magazine, something like that, mm-hmm. where he talked about having to repent for the way they wrote the stories, the mm. children's stories, because they were all moralizing, mm. right? They took, they took Bible stories and, and the gospel itself and made it moral for, for kids to kind of grapple with and understand, which I never thought much of as a dad when my kids were watching it. I was like, oh, cool, they'll watch. Yeah. This is much better than SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> and, and right, it is, yeah. but, uh, but, he, but he was like, he came to the point where he realized that what they were doing was really just moralizing the Bible stories mm. instead of giving gospel and giving grace. And, um, and so you might notice that in the later years, yeah, the way they made the cartoons changed hmm. because of that. That's interesting. I, I just heard a podcast with, I think his name is Josh Harris. He wrote that I, book. I remember Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss dating goodbye. Yeah. He did the same thing. He had to repent and he actually stopped the publication of that book because it was weaponized against people. You know, where people started using that book to, you know, condemn how some people were living, you know, in their, quote, dating life or whatever. And, um, yeah, so a lot of times I think this moralization is very black and white. You know, we see things, oh, this is good, that's bad, so you just need to do good and not do bad. And repentance is turning from what's bad and turning to what's good. And there's truth to that, you know, yeah, it's always nice to choose what's good but that's such a broad term you know um and that i think is like we said earlier so much smaller than what jesus meant yeah you know that 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 makes you see your life in a very either or way instead of allowing access to so much more of your life um which kind of goes into that third place the you know checkout where you kind of lie to yourself because you don't want to deal with it, you know? And so I'm not going to admit that I need repenting because if I say those things, 
um, I'm going to look bad. Oh, you know, he, he's, he's not spiritual. Um, I just heard a, a message by Walter Brueggemann talking about spirituality is such a, gosh, that'd be deep. Just, it, material, materialism and spirituality should be together, that they're not different. And it was pretty powerful getting along the same lines, though, of that you can't check out of the fact that God is always pressing in, right? To want to recalibrate your life, to see him present in all these different moments, these different decisions, these different kairoses. When you become aware that, oh man, I was a little judgmental, you Mm -hmm. know, it stands out to you. That's a kairos. Repent, see God and his kingdom, how we are to respond with the reality of God in that situation. Um, You know, you have a kairos that you're just, um, I don't know, feeling uh, sorry for yourself. You know, you just catch yourself in that and it's just, oh man, I've been feeling sorry for yourself. Boom, you're awakened to that and you're leaning into the understanding that the kingdom is there. And so it's all with how you live. It's all dealing with your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit. It's encompassing all of who you are. It's not just, oh, think different. Right. You know, feel different. Behave different. Exactly. It's much bigger than the way we want to slice it up. And so I think that's an important part to see. So that old way of thinking, or even the moralizing way of thinking, even though, like you said, like there's there's good and there's some truth in it, but it's not all that there is. Yeah. Because again, moralizing, I, I keep going back to like what I, what I think of like, this is like, even I see it in like children's curriculums at churches all the time. Um, the way even, uh, the way we parent, oftentimes mm-hmm. we want our kids to do the, to be good. Right. Yeah. And so we push this, the, the moralizing thing, maybe, rather than the gospel thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like we, we want our kids to behave a certain way, whether whether that's who they are or not. Yeah. And then we have to, I mean, sometimes we have to ask why. You know, what do we want that? Well, because I don't want the people to think I'm yeah. a bad parent. It's, it's about reputation. Yeah, management. it's like, um, <laughs> and then throw being a pastor in there, your poor kids. Um, yeah, gosh. Karina and I have so many discussions about what we did to our children. In our life, our religious life, you know, as being, and it was all with the best intentions. But, you know, if our standing with God is measured in these ways by how good we do, um, how bad we do, um, where's the cross? Where does love play into this? You know, Is our relationship with God based on how good we are, or is it based on how much we love? According to Jesus, it's how much we love, Mm -hmm. right? He he never talked about, you know, following the law. He said, you have heard it said, but I say to you. You know, he, he wanted us to care more about the things happening in our heart. You've heard it said that you shall not commit murder, but I tell you, if you hate someone, that's where it starts. Um, you know, he, he's trying to get to something a little bit more uh, substantial to the core of who we are. 
and it really does have to do with how we love, how we care. Um, you know, you love your neighbor as yourself. You know, everyone can love, you know, the people who love them. But what if you love your enemy? You mm-hmm. know, uh, those kinds of things. That That's a little bit more difficult. Um, and that's where repentance, I think, plays a, a more clear role in this way of thinking because it helps us to engage into the interior of how we are feeling, how we are thinking, um, how we're behaving in light of the kingdom and its presence instead of just a list of things that we do um, that I can easily check off. Yeah. You know, I, I'm doing that. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing these things. But you still might not be repenting and seeing the kingdom present with you. Yeah. I mean, the Pharisees didn't. Yeah. And I've and I've had stretches of life like that too, right? So still do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I mean, that's and that's the, and and I know, you know, uh, that yeah, that was just a, a lot of experience that I've had and, and that I do struggle with. So, um, we like check boxes, you know. What I mean, it makes it mm-hmm. makes. It makes us feel good. Yeah, I've achieved something. I've I've done it. I I did that. I'm I'm on this level, and I mean, some of us. I can't say all of us, but some of us really like looking, appearing as spiritual. You know, quote. Yeah. I'm spiritual because I read, I study, I pray. That's the mark of spirituality, right? Um, and and those are the kinds of things where I need just need to repent and read more. I need to repent and pray more, I need to repent and do these things more, because that's the checklist that I have. And again, those things are, aren't a problem, those aren't bad things. But if we see that as what the goal is, we're missing the point, right? The, the reading or the studying isn't to fill in the box, it's to connect, right? It's not even to fill up on knowledge. Exactly, yeah. And... and yeah, that's that's a hard one to. That's so prevalent, I think, in in what we do today. Yeah, what churches are about. You know, oh, we know the word. We know the word. We know the word. I hear that all the time. It's like you might think you know the word, you know, but I wonder if love isn't seen in you, does it even matter what you know? I mean, Paul would say no. You yeah. know, although I have all the knowledge, you know, but don't have love. Nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. a clashing symbol. Yeah. I mean, so sinning less doesn't equate to loving God more. And I, I think that's the important part of saying this repentance in a bigger way is if we think, well, if I just sin less, that moralism, then I love God more. And it becomes the sin management. You know, as yeah. uh, Dallas Willard says, you know, it, it, our life becomes just a matter of sin management. And it really isn't about living in the reality of the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how we we would get, and again, I say we loosely, I don't mean everybody, but like people get caught up in sin management as if that's the goal. Like we put all these things because they're, it's easier to do that than to love our neighbor and really love our neighbor, right? To not yeah. not just say... Hi to them. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it, it costs so much more. And it's so easier to say things like, oh, you 
shouldn't go to R-rated movies. Well, no one's going to any movies right now because there are no. Uh, no, come along. But you know, those were the kinds because I remember that being. I remember going to a men's study and it'd be like, guys, let's make it our commitment. We're not going to go to any R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. But then that all went to the side when the Passion came out, right? And I was like, okay, well, we can go to this one because you know. <laughs> but those are the kinds of things that make it smaller. That that those are the kind of things that make the understanding that I think Jesus was proclaiming here less than, you know. He's not saying, you know, repent and don't go to these movies. He's saying the kingdom is near. Live that way of understanding it. And every time something creeps up into your life, makes you aware, use that as your plumb line. Use that Mm -hmm. as your reference that the kingdom of God is near and so how do you believe that and now understand what you're experiencing, the kairos, the awareness, the you know, conviction with that understanding? Yeah, that is, uh, I think at once for me, so freeing and so terrifying, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because I have a system that I have built <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I work, you know what I mean? And and uh, and I in my mind I think this is like I said it's almost like checkboxes maybe it's a little more sophisticated than that but yeah but I have a system that I that I that I think is like this is this is my box and I stay in my lane and what Jesus is is he's freeing me from all of that yeah but he's challenging me to love more you know I know that I I talk about this with some people I probably talked about it with you too I know I do with Corrine. we we have this default. Because we've grown up in a way of thinking for so long that our minds start to go there automatically. And then when we start challenging what we've gone to, then it's almost fearful, like, oh, no, are you a heretic? Yeah. You know, because you used to think this way, you used to do things that way, and now it seems like you're contradicting what so many people are saying, so you must be a heretic, right? And, I mean, those are struggles that I've had and, and I don't take that lightly, right? I don't think like, oh well, you know, today I'm a heretic. <laughs> I mean, I I labor over those things and I I um, seek out information regarding these things and I'm so thankful that there are so many voices out there that echo these things. And they aren't just new voices. It's not like some new age thing. Right. These are these are voices that have been a part of the church from the church fathers. Um, it's just not a part of the tradition I was in. And, and so hearing these other voices gives me pause to say, okay, I'm not crazy. Or if I'm a heretic, I'm a heretic like these other people who have been studying, praying, seeking, and writing for all these years, right? Um, and so, but I don't know, that that's, sometimes I come across that when these kinds of uh, conflicts come up with seeing it a different way, at least with me. You know, I just wonder, oh man, okay. And then I, I as a pastor, okay, I'm going to share something that I know a lot of these people came from the same tradition I did. Right. And I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in their lives here. Maybe, you know, um, what are they going to think? You know, and, and I mean, 
I don't know that I, I've got to be true, right? I've got to, I've yeah. got to do what's honest. Well, it's interesting when you look at church history, like how, how things, they change, right? Mm-hmm. They change, they have changed a lot. Yeah. And sometimes they come back mm-hmm. to, to what was, you know, 380 rather than something that yeah. happened in 1511, yeah. 80, you know what I mean? Like those things, they change. Yeah. And so, uh, as much as, as much as, you know, we want to say that it's it's still the yeah. same faith. There's, I mean, it is. There are some tenets that are obviously the same, but there's a lot of things that, that have varied, including what people believe about some very important things to us these days. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I've had again dialogues with so many people. I mean, the first century did not have a Bible. Yeah. There you go. That's a big change, right? Yeah. Especially when today. It seems like it's all about, I mean, some people actually, it seems like they worship the Bible more than, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and we can unpack that at another time. But those are the kinds of things where unless you stop and think about it, it makes you understand how different things are today than they were back then. Yeah. Right. Um, where there was no Bible, there was just the word of mouth. The talk about Jesus was what you heard about Jesus from your friend. And then later on, I mean, it was 100 years before a lot of these letters were circulating, you know, yeah. and then 300 years before they were compiled. Right. And then 1,000 years before they were compiled in a language that people could read yeah. and understand, you know. So there's so much change that is there that if you don't take it into consideration – you know, you miss the whole point. And, and my point with that isn't just that, you know, I'm not trying to stir doubt or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that sometimes you have to kind of dig backwards because, you know, for example, the rapture is probably only a few hundred years old. Yeah. And as far as the way people believe about the rapture today. Uh, so that wasn't something that the early church ever considered. Yeah. But the, also over time over lots of time i mean it's just like the you know it's just like the the pentateuch the first five books of the bible right uh that were uh attributed to being written by moses but over time the pharisees took things like the 10 commandments and wrote books mm-hmm. on top of books about what these 10 commandments mean yeah to the point where now you can't feed a homeless person on a sunday because that's work yeah and you can't work on the sabbath so like we we you know we don't always go the right direction with with the word of god <laughs> yeah and, and you know they were trying to figure it out yeah and they know? were and they were and they loved god yeah and they i mean and you know there's probably a lot of things in the mishnah that are actually really good you know it's just they were laboring to figure these things out but having like jesus come along and say you missed the mark here, right? I mean, the Sabbath was made for man, yeah. not man for the Sabbath. Those kinds of things are, are a total change from their line of thinking and way of thinking that, you know, can happen as time goes on, and we just have to re, re-examine those things. And I think the idea of repentance is one of those yeah. things, at least today in the modern church. Um, you know, it's seldom that we think of repentance as good news. You know, man... I had a great repentance happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like, wait, no, that's usually you're sad, you're you're sorry, you got to strengthen up, deal with it. You're, you know, all these other things that we talked about are part of that word instead of like, no, it's a revealing. 
It's a revelation. God has revealed something to me, recalibrated my understanding to his kingdom, and yay, you know, it's a good thing. It, it's something that I don't think we many times think about. It. Now, again, I could be wrong. There's still lots of people who think that way, right? Yeah. It just wasn't part of my tradition, and I know it's not a part of some people's tradition. But that's what this whole point, and that's kind of what this whole series is about, the, the idea of our desires, our wants, the things that we feel, the emotions that we have. How do we lean into them in a way that's healthy? in a way that's understanding. I, I was talking to someone uh, about an event that happened in their life years ago when they were a teenager. And it was one of these things where it, it was shameful and it was hushed and you know the parents wanted to silence it and it was kind of just stuffed down and, and not dealt with. And because they were just a young teenager, in their mind, it was like, okay, that happened, and they just moved on with their life. And now, all these years later, it's coming up, and there's an awareness of what had happened and having to now deal with it. Mm. And when I say deal with it, I mean being aware of it, leaning into the emotion of it as a young teenager, having gone through something that's traumatic, but having been pushed aside and now having to go into it, there's a repentance that's happening that's not, oh, what you did was wrong and it was terrible. A repentance of what you did, you didn't deal with. And that was this last part of now you need to befriend and face it, right? And befriend it means not, oh, it's okay, you're good, but just accept it so that you can dialogue with it, so that you can lean into it and see what it's been doing in your life for the last, you know, however many years that those are heavy things. Yeah. You know, and if we don't see repentance as this line to healing, we miss some beautiful things that can happen. And that's unfortunate. That's, that's huge because I don't even, even now when I think about repentance and I think about, so I've gone from thinking that, you know, God's mad at me and I need to feel bad because I blew it Mm -hmm. to thinking it means that I'm supposed to change the way I'm behaving because this is still, it's still moralizing because if I change the way I behave, then it'll make God happy. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) To thinking it's a change of mind or change of heart, which is I think kind of the, the strong's definition of the word, mm-hmm. um, which is close, but I think there's still, it's still like, you know, what you're saying, like is seeing God in this, uh, in this moment, in this, whatever it is that I'm, I'm repenting of or thinking about. It's, it's not just changing my mind. It's, it's changing the way I see to find God in the picture. Yeah. Exactly, because the one way is it's your repentance that leads to God's kindness, right? Right. Where the other way is it's God's kindness, the kingdom, right, that leads to repentance. And that's the difference, right? So the, the shift in the mind isn't just changing how you think about something. It's changing how you see God's kindness in the midst of yeah. the thing that you're going through. And so for this person, the traumatic event that happened when they were young how do they lean into that seeing God's kindness to them yeah. now, 
right? And it doesn't justify what they did and say it's okay. What it does is help them to see how God sees them now today so they can deal with it in a way that it brings healing. So, and I don't mean to cut you off, no, but just please. what a big thought. And I, and I, I mean, because that's one person mm-hmm. who didn't repent as a teenager yeah, and therefore has never, uh, you know, accepted healing yeah, or, 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 you know, struggled through it. And I don't think that's the only person. No, I think that's all of us to yeah. some degree, right? Yeah. I mean, some some things might not jump out to us right away, and some things might. Um, but but this kind of goes into that checkout idea of just, I'm going to flee it. I'm not going to deal with it at all. I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. And, you know, we have seen so many cases. I know some people who have gone through, um, again, terrible events when they were kids, even when they were just young children, too young to really be able to process what was happening to them, you know, molestation and things like that, and how physical uh, manifestations show up in their life because of this event that happened, Mm -hmm. you know, where they start, you know, showing these things in their skin or, or, uh, you know, their bodily manifestation because of an event that happened that they had pushed down and just not known how to deal with as a child. And, and this is a reality, you know, this isn't just, uh, you know, psychology, you know, yeah. hocus pocus. These are things that happen to people that show up and manifest themselves. And I think it, it probably does in our lives in so many ways that we maybe aren't aware of, you know, I might not have, you know, my hair falling out or skin irritations because of things I'm suppressing, but maybe, it shows up in my inability to trust, in my um, inability to uh, give of myself, you know, emotionally to people, you know. Yeah. Uh, it can show up in so many things just because we haven't repented, um, seen God's goodness in light of those things that have happened to us or yeah. that we've done. And maybe they're not things that happened in childhood, but maybe they're things that happened... Uh, I'm thinking just like, you know, divorce. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah, definitely. Um, Or misuse or abuse in a church. Hmm. You know, I mean, there there are so many things that happen to us that life is just um, a harsh place sometimes, you know, and difficult things happen. Yeah. And if we don't have this mindset condemnation usually is riding over it and we can't live in condemnation so we have to find a way of dealing with it and that's where we either go to this place i don't feel bad enough i need to i'm going to do better or i'm just going to ignore it pretend it's not there yeah right because we can't live under that condemnation Uh, we've got to do something with it so if we don't deal with it in healthy ways those are ways that we yeah deal with it and how tragic you know when jesus is wanting us to repent and believe that the kingdom of heaven is here. And, and what does that mean? Well, I've come that you might have life, might have it in full, right? I, I, I'm here to give this to you. I'm here to help you see how close I really am to you, whoever you are. It's not those of you who are on my team, right? right? It's not those of you who are, you know, in that time Jewish, 
not for those of you who, you know, say that prayer. I mean, he would tell the multitude, you're the light of the world. Yeah. You know, you don't see it, but I see it. And he's calling us into this life. And that's what's gospel. That's what's good news. That's, that's, I mean, I love that. Believe the good news. Believe the gospel. You know, God's for you. It's like you're on the team. You just don't know it yet. You know, yeah, you, you've, yeah. Been, you've been picked. You just don't see it yet. You just have to see things differently, that you've been invited, that you've been welcomed, and he wants to extend that to you. So repentance is a call to open your eyes. Yeah. To see that you're on the team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it really is. And isn't that the good news? Isn't that what Jesus was about? You know, I have come that they would not perish, yeah. that they would not be condemned, um, that God's mercy is there. Um, yeah, it's really opening our eyes to see the goodness of God present. And I, I think that could bring powerful healing. Um, and, and again, this isn't about just feeling good about yourself because sometimes it, it's a difficult thing to step into, being honest with yourself. Um, but the good news is even when you're honest with yourself and even if you find something or discover something uh, that was bad or um, hurtful or harmful to you or others, um, the presence and mercy and goodness of God is still there. Um, that's very comforting. Yeah. You know? Even if you're dealing with consequences to the things that have happened, um, it's important to see that goodness there yeah. in spite of the consequences because we all have consequences from choices we made and some are good, some are bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how um, that that kind of message of hope you see how, like, you see, it, for example, how inmates respond to that. Mm. Like, this is what, this is going to get them through whatever, yeah. and they're, they're living through the consequences of whatever they did, right? Mm -hmm. But this, but this knowing that God still loves them in spite of it yeah. is a, uh, sometimes I think maybe it's because it's all they have to hold on to, but something that other people might just take for granted. Yeah. That's, that's heavy. Yeah. It is, and it's it's unfortunate that sometimes there are those, quote, prison conversions, right, where yeah. you, you are aware of things, and then you see the goodness of God, but then when you can get out of that place, you actually exchange the goodness for God for something that else you're used to, right? Yeah. I'm used to using drugs or whatever, and so I'm going to exchange the goodness of God when, you know, I need it here, but I'll I'll take, settle for this here, and I think we can do the same thing in a religious way, you know, where I, you know, I come to rock bottom, something happens, devastation, and I need God, and then I'm doing pretty good, and now I start substituting it for some of those other things, the moralism, yeah, you know, and things that I can control, things that make me feel secure um, and not so dependent, because it's a little uneasy. Yeah, I mean that's the story of mankind. In a nutshell, constantly that, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes rock, rock bottom for us to, to open our eyes. Yeah, and it shouldn't have to, but it still does sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah I actually talked with another person today who is in a rehab. And again, 
it's one of these things. Well, it's here that I get the phone call and, you know, pastor, here's where I'm at, you know, and it's like, okay, I want you to, you know, and having this kind of mindset, you know, talking to this person, it's, I, I want to, instead of just tell them, well, be really sorry for what you did to get you into this rehab. I want to say, you need to see God with you here. Yeah. And you need to allow that to change how you see yourself and then dig into the reasons why you're here. Because it's more than just you're using, right? Because, yeah, this time you're using this drug. Last time it was using alcohol. This time it was using people. You know, you're using to do something. You need to wake up and see why that's happening and understand it not with a condemnation, not with a belittlement, but with a desire for healing for yourself. You know? And sometimes I feel like, you know, counselors are probably people who are sharing the good news more than mm. pastors, you know, <laughs> I mean, in serious ways when they're just awakening us to see what's happening in our lives. They're actually doing what kind of Jesus is talking about when they say, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, believe the gospel. Believe the good news God has for you. And sometimes counselors are able to get to some of the things that we are needing to awaken ourselves to. So I find that, uh, you know, Christians believe all kinds of things, mm -hmm. right? It's a, there's all kinds of books and there's all kinds of ideas. Um, but again, just trying to like give little definitions to what we're talking about, because like what I said at the beginning, I don't, I don't want the gospel to be small in my life. Yeah. And I know that I've made it small, but, uh, so as we're talking about what repentance is, what it, what it means that the kingdom is, is near, mm -hmm. like those are, those are massive statements. And I just wonder what, you know, I wonder what the audience thought when Jesus said it. If they're like, this guy's crazy. What's yeah. he talking about? Or, or if they were like mind blown, you know, and because and, I feel like there's, there's the kind of two reactions that we still have. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe, you know, uh, as we've been going through this, I think I told you, but in this last week especially, I started thinking back, you know, in my life about Kairos moments that I didn't realize were, you know what I mean? And now I can look back and go, Oh man, that was God leaning in. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't even recognize it. Now I can kind of see it with, you know, rear view vision and, you know, talking about kind of detecting those things as they happen now, yeah. that's a, that's kind of a, that takes some training, I think, cause it's not natural for me to, to, yeah. to think that way. Um, and now when I do, you know, it's, it's things like I was saying, like it, it shows up in right now for me, I'm detecting it most often when I have to make a decision about something. Mm. Uh, so not traditionally the way you would think about repentance. Right. But yeah. for me, it's like, man, do I a or B, I have these choices. Do I, I want to see where God's at in this. And, and maybe he's like, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know either way. But, yeah. but for me, that's kind of detecting those things. Like, like I want I guess in my past, I have made lots of decisions without considering how, uh, without considering the kingdom in my life, 
yeah how this was going to you know play into the way i i yeah. function in the kingdom mm-hmm. uh and i want to see those things more and more yeah and i want to make decisions based on those things rather than just like you know willy-nilly or because that car is cooler than that car or whatever whatever it is yeah those are decisions that i want to make with my eyes open right. And I think that way of thinking is, again, compared to that GPS that keeps recalibrating, right? Yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah, this decision, this decision, this decision, those three equal this one decision. Where before it was like, no, this is a decision. You make one, but you didn't complete that decision because there's the constant awareness, awareness, awareness Mm. that guides you along the line. Um, You know, so many times I've made a decision based on a Bible verse, Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's not that the Bible verse was wrong, but maybe it was incomplete of the situation that I was going through. And so I said, okay, this is my scripture. That's what I'm, I'm holding on to. And it wasn't a, a constant repentance of everything that happened after that one step. You know, that might have been the first step that led to another step, to mm-hmm. led to another step. But this wanting just it to be nice and clear and cut and dry, I want a shortcut. You know, I want to shortcut the will of God in my life instead of seeing repentance as uh, a breath of my life that mm-hmm. constantly happens. Um, I, I think that happens, at least to me, it's happened a lot. Looking back to and saying, oh, man. Yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of things where I should have been a little bit more in tune with. Yeah, that's not what I thought it was or yeah. that, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. It might be. It's like, oh man, I missed that. I missed that turn off, you know, um, <laughs> that was happening there. And I think too, you know, what my challenge was at the end, understand what, what does God look like based on your idea of repentance? You know, based on the, the way you feel when there is an awareness of something and how your knee-jerk reaction to this. Do you go to this, you know, I'm just going to stay in the depravity oh, attitude. Oh, man, I'm terrible, terrible. Oh, my goodness. I just got to get stronger. What is that telling you about the God you believe in? Right? Is that God waiting for you to grovel far enough to be able to accept you? Is that God not going to help you until you are helping yourself? Mm. You know? Or is that God just going to let you bury it and not deal with it for the next 20 years Mm. you know what is your idea and concept of repentance especially when those moments come up where you're aware of something tell you about the god you're believing in because i think sometimes those are kairoses in and of themselves right where i get to this place and say oh man i've done that i just got to do better oh wait a second what do you what what is your god like is that what he wants? I mean, is that what you're expecting of your children? You know, do you stop loving them until they do better? You know, I'm not going to help you until you do better. Again, that's nuanced. There's times where you have to, sure, you know, let that happen. But you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, but even in that, sometimes you let your, I mean, don't judge my parenting. Sometimes you, <laughs> you let your child fail so they can learn the lesson. And mm-hmm. you let them, maybe you let them fail at something that isn't, detrimental to their life yeah but you let them experience that so that they can learn yeah but you don't stop being with them absolutely right you don't stop journeying with them you don't stop you know caring and loving for them you you still want to be there you know i mean i know that when i've talked to parents whose kids are going through terrible things rebelling and 
using and all kinds of situations. And they ask, what should I do? And I go, well, sometimes you can't do anything. Just let them know you'll be there when you need them. You know, I, I'm still here. I still love you. You know, I can't help you in your condition, stay in your condition, mm -hmm. but I'm here when you want to get out. And sometimes that's all we can do. But that's still a better picture, I think, of God than some of us have, you know, regarding that. Um, any takeaways from this that maybe stand out to you that, you know, you'd want to share um, with people listening that have helped you maybe in another step? Yeah. Um, and just by way of reminder, if you have questions and you want to type them in, you're, <laughs> it's a good time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, this this whole series has been uh, good for me. It's been eye opening. It's been uh, it's been challenging, and um, it's and it's put me in touch with things that I haven't thought about or. Um, or thought correctly about. So there's been some, some correction and there's been some kind of putting me in touch with something that I, that I've needed, mm -hmm. you know? So all yeah. that's good, but I don't, but something more specific, um, I, I kind of alluded to it, but just the idea that like the more and more, uh, because I'm training my brain to think differently mm -hmm. about, about these things more and more. I am, uh, I am seeing, I'm, I'm experiencing Kairos moments. I feel like that's a redundancy. I'm experiencing yeah. Kairos, right? Mm -hmm. uh, more and more. Um, it's not because it's happening more and more. It's because I'm starting to think, I'm starting to look for it. I'm starting, yeah. I'm starting to be more aware of it. And, um, and, it, and it makes me a little sad that I, it's taken me this long <laughs> to do that because yeah. there's so many moments that I've missed out on. And, and, um, and yeah, so to, to think about, you know, um, to think about repentance, like I said, I've thought about it this way for a while, but I haven't thought about it. I haven't looked for it ever. Yeah, I haven't ever looked for repent. I don't. That's not something that's ever been like. Oh, I want to repent. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. now, now I'm. Whenever uh, you know, uh, I get an argument with my kid or my wife, like that I'm looking. For, yeah. For I'm looking for what's happening in this. Yeah. And it kind of, in that relational way, at least with me, it disarms a lot of the ammunition that I feed myself in response. You know, if I'm having a disagreement with my wife or somebody, my brain goes to defense, mm -hmm. okay? Get your arguments in line, get these things, instead of trying to, okay, how is this going to bring about this different mentality in my life and, and it, it starts disarming me. You know, I start putting the weapons away and saying, yeah, I don't need this. This isn't going to help in the kingdom building, you know? And so, and then the, the conversation is totally different mm -hmm. and it's actually one that I can have with somebody instead of at somebody, you know, to prove my point and, you know, not hear them and not, see what's more important in the conversation with them that's taking place. So, so it shows up, it shows up like a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Right? It's kind of makes sense. Well, if God's showing up, then he's going to look like yeah. that. And so 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of kind of testing it and seeing if it brings peace, if it brings joy, if it brings, mm -hmm. you know, patience. If it brings those things, then you're probably moving in the right direction. If it's not bringing those things, you're probably having a different conversation. Yeah, and I've teetered. I've had, I've had awesome moments, <laughs> and then I've, I woke up this morning groveling because I had bad news yesterday, and I, you know, there's, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still figuring this out. Yeah, I think we all are, um, but. I like you. I, I'm finding myself trying to be more aware of what's happening, and again, it shows up in a little twinge sometimes—just a little irk, a little emotion, a little joy, a little something—and mm -hmm. instead of just like, okay, you know, just batting it away like it's nothing, leaning into it, um, and it's amazing how many things there are uh, happening now that I'm looking for them. So, and I hope that's happening with everybody here. I hope everybody is finding those moments and leaning into them. And I hope that you all are able to, you know, see the kingdom of God is at hand, that you can repent and believe that good news. Because it is really good news. And it's pretty amazing. Um, thanks, Randy. Yeah. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this connects to you and we hope to see you sunday morning at 10 again we are outdoors as well as some spacing indoors we're going to continue doing that uh, as long as we can until things change and we will change accordingly but we love and we miss you guys and we're going to try and find opportunities to bring connection uh, to our community in the future so uh, please stay tuned and i hope you'll engage with those moments as they happen God bless you guys. Love you. Take care. Again, thanks everyone for. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.